Yeah, not you. You're not a dickhead. Tico's a dick. Why am I a dickhead? You're just attacking me. All when morning. I attacked you? All I did was answer someone's freaking uh, message, and you were like, well, doesn't it feel good that uh, never to have the stress of having to be in a final? That was kind of funny. Yeah, it was kind of funny. Still a dickhead move. I didn't, I didn't, didn't give you any reason to do that. It was unprovoked, for sure. It was definitely unprovoked. I'm just asking a genuine question. I'm not allowed to be curious then? It wasn't being curious. It was being a bloody asshole. I disagree. I... I'm sorry I don't support a team that has bought whatever players they can and every player wants to go there. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that we haven't won all these Champions Leagues because your team's actually named the Galacticos. And he's buy all these. Uh, some of them want to come for free, like Mbappe. He's not free, mate. Uh, he's not going there for free. Delusional, just like I said. How much is it? I heard it's gonna be like 120 million sign bonus, signing bonus. Pocket change. Yeah, <laughs> motherfucker. We're not paying anything to PSG, right? No, it's going directly into his pocket. Yeah, that's fine. It's not free. Free-ish. Hello and welcome to episode 29 of Dropped Off Sides. I'm with Tico and Enzo. My name is Keith. How are we doing, guys? Well, my team didn't play this week, so I'm not upset, nor am I happy. So, yeah, I'm pretty good, actually. Tico? Uh, no, I'm losing to the league taco, the league frittata, and he's a he's an asshole. He's a sore winner, sore loser, sore everything, so not happy. Tico, I gotta say, it, was a little bit, it feels like a little bit of karma, because you were, you were ripping on Enzo for being like the... Calling him the worst team in the league, and then he's spanking you now. Uh, yeah, I mean, you have to talk shit when you're on the top. No one can talk shit when they're on the bottom. So what? What did I, you say before, Keith? When you're talking shit from the top? What did I say? It's a long way down to the bottom. It is a long way down to the bottom. It feels like every single person who's talking shit from the top seems to end up on the bottom. Do you you're about ready to be on a four game losing streak now? Yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> But I was actually looking at the draft. I was like, man, let me just pull up the draft. That's how sad I was. And <laughs> uh, you trying to find a reason? Like, where did it go wrong? <laughs> Most of the players I drafted are no longer on the team, uh, just like everyone else's. But I have Jesus who, and uh, Zinchenko who got injured, and all of a sudden Arsenal scoring like four or five games a game while, while they're not playing. So I don't see them getting back on the team. Um, Luke Shaw, I don't know if you guys saw this or not. He's done for the year. Uh, he's done yeah. for the year. Yep. Which I picked him and I like stashed him for over a month on my team. I'm just hearing a lot of I'm hearing I'm hearing a lot of whining. I'm hearing a lot of excuses. But on the positive side, uh, Douglas Luis. Oh my god, what a gem! Yeah, that, that's a gem right there. Yeah, that was definitely your uh, your brightest moment. Yeah, if this, a... if this was a keeper like league, I would definitely keep him. <laughs> It would have been it would have been nice if you got him on your fifth pick and not your fourth pick, but you know, <laughs> probably could have. I went back to back. I know, but it would have been nicer if he was on your fifth pick, not your fourth pick. You went too early. This, this is the person I lost to for Tata. By how many points so far? But you can still pick somebody up. I had to, I had to drop so many players just to get. I got Wolves defenders. I took a risk and I took. I got three Wolves defenders. Well, you know, when I saw your lineup, because I like through the week, I just pay attention on like Thursday. When I went and I saw you have all this wolf stuff in, I'm like, motherfucker, what a smart thing to do. So uh-huh. I just needed a Sheffield goal, and then um, Newcastle fucking scored in the last minute, and they took away like 14 points from me. Yeah, that's a big swing. So, what do we think of the games this week? I, I think it was just a uh, United loss, uh, obviously, with Hollywood going down. And then the other thing is fucking Arsenal. Bloody hell, man. Stomping. Yeah. Just, they, they can't stop scoring. That kind of reminded me of, like, you know, you know that, like, meme where it's like, I'm just going to blow off, like, after your team loses, you blow off some steam and, like, play FIFA on, like, easy mode and beat, beat the team you lost to, like, 50 to 0 or something. I feel like that's what Arsenal did with Newcastle. They were so pissed about Porto. They're like, we're going to stomp Newcastle now. <laughs> yeah, well, fuck. Newcastle didn't even show up, really. I know they got that goal at the end, but they didn't really show up. No, that 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 game felt like a foregone conclusion before it almost even started. Like, I just had no faith in Newcastle. They've just been seemed so kind of, like, they just seem tired. I don't know if there's a better way to say it. They just seem really tired as a team. Like, ideas are tired, physically tired. I, I have four Newcastle players, uh, two of them defenders. One of them I dropped, uh, Burn, I dropped them and I kept share negative something points. I should have not played them as well, but I had no one else to play. But it just, yeah, I feel like Arsenal's becoming a team like the Manchester City of a couple of years ago when if they're playing them, just bench everyone. 
I mean, we talked about it last week, and Tigo, you brought it up, and that made me think about it. And then I ended up benching Botman for that reason because I was just like, I just can't, I just can't afford to go negative with that guy. Yeah, I didn't bench Botman in my other league, and was it like negative seven? Nine point five. Nine point five. Brutal. Should still win that. Should still win that game though. I might be top of the other league in it after this week. Let's get the studs and duds, guys. First name on here. No, I, I don't think I've ever seen this guy's name on here in any in any way. Studs or duds. It's a Jordan Ayu from Crystal Palace. Yeah, so uh, Crystal Palace has a few bright pl uh, players. Uh, AU had the most points, 33.5 points, versus projected of 10.37. Yet the goal and the assist, and this is the first 30-plus point uh, game by a Crystal Palace player, not named Ezra Lisa, since game week three. It's been rough for Palace, man. It really has. Like You think if they had both those two players, it might be a little bit different. You know, They're going through a managerial change. I don't know. I don't like Jordan Ayu. I've, I've always think he's a good player, but is he the out-and-out go-to guy? I don't think so. He had a lot of crosses that game, a lot, a lot of balls into important areas, but can he do it every week? I'm not sure. He's still good, though, I think, for eight to ten points every week while they're out. I think it's going to be interesting with the new coach because sometimes a new coach comes in and can totally activate a, a player that has seemed mediocre prior to that. You know, like you see that a lot with players where someone comes in and just kind of turns someone into like a star. And I'm not saying that's necessarily AU with the, the new Palace coach, but that's that's a possibility. Like, I, I'm definitely intrigued by Jordan AU. You know, but, I mean, we've seen a lot of him. And he, he's been like, you know, what Enzo's saying, like dependable, not sensational. Maybe a bench player, kind of on board, probably more on waivers. But no, he's probably, he's on benches, right? Yeah, he has to be on benches. But like, yeah, I mean, it's there's definitely a possibility that this could really turn him like on in an attacking way. Should we move on to the next one? <laughs> uh, yeah. Next name on the list is Kai Havertz. Our boy, I think this is his first time uh, being featured on the studs. So he had 22.5 points, expected to have 12.51. Arsenal's on fire, and um, I think it's back-to-back -back weeks where he had 20-plus points. He had the goal and the assist this game, I think. But uh, our, everyone attacking players for Arsenal, they're on fire. But we've been shitting on Kai for a long time, so I thought let's highlight him. Like we said this for the last few weeks, he's starting to come into his own in this team. Um, he's finally found his place, and he's not doing the silly things he was doing before where he wasn't passing the right positions. He was passing the ball backwards. He's getting a little bit more confidence. Like that run into the box to get his goal was he was right place, right time, exactly what you want from attacking midfield forward. And he did, he did his job, and he put, put it in the back of the net. Yeah, it was an intelligent run. Kind of really anticipated what was going to happen there. Um. I will say he was. It was interesting. He was playing a different different position than he has all the rest most of the season. He was definitely playing as like a striker slash false nine, mm -hmm. dropping deep, but also like kind of leading the line as well. Where normally he's been playing as more of a like an attacking eight. We'll see if this keeps up. I mean, what Tico's saying, it's not like I doesn't feel guaranteed that Jesus is is gonna come back and walk right into the team right now. No. So we'll see, we'll see how this kind of all unfolds. But yeah, kudos to Kai Havertz. Like good for him. He's like doing great. I'm sure a lot of people gave up on him. He was probably really cheap for a long time, but now he's like starting to. Starting to show his quality. Okay, next on this list, Lewis Dunn. 24.5 points versus projected 8.64. Had a goal. And it's been back-to-back -back weeks for 20-plus points for Dunk. So it looks like Brighton players are starting to put up a lot of fantasy value as well. It's been a couple of weeks in a row where they had numerous people over 20 points. So kind of keep an eye on them to see if they're turning the corner and being productive again. Well, don't get me wrong, Brian were, were losing for a lot of this game against Evan, but Lewis Don, nice little cross there. For, was it a cross from Gross, if I remember correctly? Nice little header. Yeah. If Gross is firing, you got a good chance, but he has to have the guys behind the ball that can finish, and I think he's starting to get those guys who are, who are starting to score. Yeah, I think Dunk was one of the highest scoring defenders last year. Like, he was up there as, like, top three, maybe. And so... He always has the potential to do this and to score a lot of points, and it's just a matter of if Brighton is letting goals in, or, you know, because they've been they've been they've just been letting in so many goals. But if they can kind of sh like shore up that defense a little bit, he's a lock for good points. He's probably on a lot of waivers too. He's probably not super owned. I think he was picked up in one of our leagues uh, last week, so he picked him up. So yeah, he's been available. Yeah, good for him. Uh, a couple honorable mentions here, or just one. Looks like it's uh, Ederson from Man City. Yeah, I wanted to, you know, finally for all your uh, <laughs> key for you to stick sticking with your boy, I wanted to highlight him. Yes, eighteen point 
Yeah, 18.5 points, projected to have 10.01. Uh, he was the highest scoring uh, goalkeeper this week, and it's the season high for Ederson himself. I think that's two clean sheets in a row. I don't back know to if back. Clean. Yeah, so yeah. City, they're not scoring, but they're ge- uh, keeping clean sheets. It's like a broken clock twice, right twice a day. I'm finally right. It's just I've had to be wrong a lot before. I will say that their next few games are pretty tough. I think we looked at it. We looked at it in our group chat. The next five are like, what, United, Brighton, Arsenal, Liverpool. And Villa. Villa, which is, like, talk about a gauntlet of games. And there's Champions League game in between. Yeah, Champions League games in between. Yeah, but if anyone gets through it, they can. He's got the players to rotate, man. Like, look at this team. I know they only won 1-0, but even that, he had Alvarez on the bench, KDB on the bench, Doku on the bench. This is, feels like this is the, the title for me, these next five games. If they can navigate this somewhat successfully... You know, if they can get 10 points out of these games, if they can get 12 points out of these games, they probably win. Well, yeah, because look, this is where Liverpool might be slipping a little bit, and it's not any fault of their own. You know, they've, they've got a lot of bloody injuries. I think they can start a whole first team with the injuries that they have. Yeah. So uh, this is might be where they slip. I know they've got some kids, um, but I don't think they'll be good enough to get them over the, over the edge. Arsenal, the way they're playing, they're going to keep pushing. Keep pushing. So Man City needs to keep winning because Arsenal doesn't look like they're going to stop. Let's go to Duds then, huh? First is Ben White. This is actually kind of impressive. Ben White finished with negative 0.75 points. Uh, projected to have 13.83. In a game, they scored four goals and just gave up one. The guy had negative 0.75 points. So probably didn't have much to do. Was not productive uh, fantasy-wise. From the back four, I feel like he's the one that offers the least uh, fantasy value for them. He's been pretty good though all year. <laughs> like, what's it? I'm going to look right now. He's the ninth-ranked defender overall. I think Ben White, I just think this is one of those other ones like we had last week. He just had a bad game. This is a game where Arsenal held the ball in the midfield for most of the game, so he he might got dispossessed a couple of times, and that's what put him down a negative. But he wasn't needed to go down that flank. I think Kiwi all did most of the damage out of the defenders, and... uh, you know, Saka being Saka and Martinelli, you know what I mean? And they did the damage and held him back, pinned back Newcastle. Yeah, he was just uh, not involved. Not not any dispossessions, just like one clearance, one aerial one, and then the goal being allowed. Yeah, he was it. just not involved. Yeah. I actually have this theory that uh, for left or right backs, if that's the, their strong attacking side, those defenders don't add as much value because they don't help on the attacking side because they have stock up front, so he's he has the ball more uh, with him. So Ben White doesn't get to go up as far. Same thing with Kyle Walker. Um, so that's kind of a theory that I'm going with. It depends on the system. Like uh, That's kind of true for an Arsenal where Saka gets so high and Ben White needs to kind of stay back and protect. But there's some teams where with overlapping fullbacks where that, that isn't the case, where the, uh, the fullbacks are getting above and beyond. And, you know, So I think it's a somewhat team and tactic dependent. But there's definitely a, a shout there for Arsenal, for sure. Just another thing to think about is Kiriard. He was on our waivers last week. He got a cheeky little goal. So you, kind of, you picked him up. I tried to get him. And then you grabbed him. I was a little jealous. Yeah, I tried to get him too, but I think I'm eighth on the waiver wire. You're eighth because you you made a claim on the last on the last waiver wire. So I tried to make a claim, but I only made I only tried to make one claim, and it was unsuccessful. So I kept my waiver wire priority at five. Mm. So I'm ahead of both of you guys. I can tell you I'm going to pick up, and I have no fear that you guys are going to jack me. Don't say anything because there's somebody else that might be listening. <laughs> okay, moving ahead. Next one on this list is Alex Isak. Uh, finish with one point. Uh, mentioned this again. Um, against Arsenal, is it, especially now with the from there in, is it just you bench everyone with like, unless they're like elite fantasy players? Uh, because until they stop scoring four or five goals a game, seems that way, at least to me. They just controlled that game. I mean, he had like he had a one really good opportunity that he created himself to dribble through three people and had a shot that just went high. So it doesn't really count for any points, but you know he's still a good player. Yeah, I still think he's a good player. I thought I had him down as one of the strikers of the year, but uh, it started off pretty well. But then he got injured, and Wilson got on the team, and unfortunately, just I think the injuries have have held him a little bit this season. But yeah, but just not a good game. I think the team has kind of held him a little bit too. You know, I think he's just kind of a victim of the the team just playing tired and having a, just a tough season. But yeah, last two games, not good. But the three games before that, so his last game was obviously one, and then the game before that was two and a half. But the three games before that, he had 15, 13 and a half, and 31. That seems pretty par for the course for strikers. It's like a lot of strikers either have really high-scoring games or really low-scoring games. Not a lot of strikers have like totally these like consistent, consistent performances because they're so goal-dependent, you know. Okay, next on the lifts, Rafael Varane from Manchester United. So Varane finished with negative two points. He was the only Man U player with negative points. And he's, he's a player that's rostered 50%, which is pretty high for someone who's not really productive. So my question is to you guys, does 
Varane have any fantasy value or at this point in his career he's just not someone you play because I feel like Manchester United defenders do have value. Yeah, like Harry Maguire, you have to you have to say he has a lot of value, right? Uh, Delo when he gets down the wing, he could have value. But you know, just looking at his last couple of games, he did score five over five points the last two games before that, and one of them was against Villa. So I don't that's think not, that that's he's, not good. Five points? No, five, it's, no. But but it's not it's not terrible being fitted with center. How many other center backs besides the elite ones are getting more than five? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at his stats right now, and he's he should be on. Waivers. He shouldn't. No, I don't. I think there's just better defenders out there. He's, it's tough. It's tough when he's such a big name. I mean, Veron is. When you think of Veron, you think of that Real Madrid team. You think of him as an iconic player. But I think, yeah, just in this Man United squad, it's just not. It's not clicking right now. No. He's and he's not. He's not contributing points to us. Okay. Some honorable mentions here. Jamie Doku. Yeah, one point. I mean, granted, he came off. He only played 26 minutes, but uh, last week he came on and played 28 minutes and he only had half a point. So, uh, it's two games in a row. He comes off the bench. Is he becoming Grealish 2.0 where it's like, Jesus Christ, is he going to play? Is he not going to play? Uh, because when he was getting minutes, he was getting, uh, a lot of fantasy points and he was also contributing in actual gameplay with goals and assists. So now with the full Manchester City healthy, does his value drop? I know when I, I picked him up and I tried to sell high on him, but, uh, no one wanted him. Really? I was trying to sell him too high. You think you're trying to sell him too high. Yeah. I mean, he hasn't had a goal or an assist in his last 10 games. You know, I think people, there's that bias bias of like when he first came in, he just busted onto the scene. Remember, didn't he have a, he had a 52 point game at one point? Yeah. Four assists, one goal. Four assists. But like since, since that game, even maybe, I don't know if he's had any assists. Oh, he's had assists, but he hasn't had any goals since then, or maybe one goal since then. No, he hasn't had assists or goals since then, but he's also had games where 23 points, 13, 10, 13 without. Yeah, he's doing like key passes, you know, uh, dribbling all that stuff. But the last few games, he's just not zero contribution. You know, I think with the season, the way that it's coming, you're going to see Pep start rotating, rotating more because he's been pretty sticking to his team. But now that he has kind of everyone's back healthy for the most part, you're going to see more rotation just because there's so many games coming fast and thick. So it just might not be some of these guys just might not be as much of a lock as they were. But you, you have to say so valuable asset, right? Just. Probably his stock has gone down. No, he, he's still someone you keep. Like, for example, they have uh, coming up a uh, FA Cup game against Luton Town and they have Champions League against Copenhagen. I could see Doku being a younger player getting the start in both of those games and then coming off the bench again in the Premier League games. Or the or the flip of that, too. He might he might be not used. He might not be trusted in Europe. And then, oh, who, who are they playing in, in the Prem next? United. Yeah, okay, so yeah, okay, I see. So maybe, yeah, yeah. There's there's so, something there. Where do you where do you kind of where do you value Doku right now? Like, would you trade for like a Anthony Gordon? Who would you who would you rather have, Doku or Gordon? Gordon, Gordon. Yeah, that's I don't know. Probably probably Doku because and if he's starring Doku, if he's not starring Gordon, but you know Gordon's guaranteed to start. Doku. There's no if. Yeah. What about Leon Bailey? No, Leon Bailey's been on fire. I'd keep Leon Bailey. That's a tougher one. I think I kind of agree now that we've kind of, he seems like he's pretty established. How about Morgan Gibbs-White? Ooh. Again, it's, just, it's the same yeah. argument. It you is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Morgan Gibbs-White is guaranteed the 90 minutes. It's all whether or not Doku gets the minutes because even when he doesn't score, we've just said he gets 10 plus points, which is, is great. Fair enough. I'm not sure we really found the line here, but yeah, fair enough. I think there's there's something to that. All right, should we get into some of the games? So kind of recap some of the stuff that happened this week. Uh, Villa game. Villa was pretty in control. They were up, what, 3-0 at one point? It ended up being 4-2. I mean, Watkins is just the guy. He's like on a team. Since Christmas, he's been on an absolute tear. He was doing great before that, but since Christmas, he's been like unbelievable. Top scoring, top scoring player since then, I believe. Yeah, you know, like the the goal, he, he got a goal. He nearly had a second. I'm just looking at the notes now, and you have a bunch of people scoring, and you're not going to talk about Louis scoring two goals. What is race? <laughs> what is this? No, sorry, I I knew that you would bring it up. Um, <laughs> you know, he didn't do his little shimmy, so it, it didn't really stand out very well. So, that's yeah, carnival's over. Yeah, carnival's over. Yeah, Douglas Luis is Luis. What a yeah, what a what a gem he was where he was going to drafts. Tico Kudos again to that. Mm-hmm. I think the other one that is not being talked about enough is uh, Leon Bailey kind of taking that starting role from Diaby. And I saw you have a note in here. You were you were you were banging the drum on him pretty early, and I, I just yeah. kept waiting for I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop and for Diaby to get back in the scene. But it's pretty clear now that Bailey's taking that spot, and he and he deserves it. He looks so good. He's so he just looks he just beats so many people. Just looks so strong. 
you know? Yeah, yeah. I've been, I've, I've said it for, you know, he just got a new contract. I said Bailey's, he's a baller. Um, he took over, like, DR came in as a replacement. And it just seems like Bailey's more productive on that on that right-hand side. And I've said it before, that's where most of their creativity comes. And, and Bailey does it with left foot or right foot. I know he doesn't really go to his right much, but he keeps you honest. I think he's a good player, puts it into the box, can score a goal, can assist, but you're guaranteed that he's going to have a couple of shots on goal. He'd be a headache to defend against, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, that first goal that Watkins scored that Bailey assisted, that, that double, the double nutmeg, nutmeg one guy, and then, then yeah. passed the ball through another guy's legs for, for Watkins, that was nasty. Yeah, he's a rude boy, man. He's a rude boy. Yeah. He keeps, and he, he's been doing it for years, too. It's not like yeah. this, just, this just happened. So, you know, totally. and MG, uh, Morgan's White scored in this game. I think that was a great, great run of play. Uh, was it Origi who came off the bench? Nice little push yeah. ball into the box. That made it 3 2. That made the game really interesting, real yeah, quick. Yeah, it was fun for a few minutes there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was good for Gibbs White. I think it's only his third goal of the season. Definitely underwhelming and dis disappointing. I think he has so much potential and he's someone I really believe in, but. This is just not the year, but maybe, you know, still has a little bit of time to turn the season around. Um, Villa starting to really solidify that top four score spot after United United lost and Villa's looking strong. And they kind of had a little bit of a wobble a few weeks ago, but they're back. They're back yeah, kind of they, in, in the flow. Yeah, they got six points ahead of Tottenham, I think eight points ahead of, of United. So, yeah, they, they, if they carry on in the form, I know they've got some tough, tough games coming up, but if they carry on that form and get the wins where they need to, they'll be top four. Totally. Okay, another game was uh, Man United being upset by Fulham 2-1 in the dying minutes of the game. This game was, uh, it was, you know, Man United was at home. It just seemed awkward. And I know Hoyland wasn't playing. Um, I know we spoke about, uh, you know, he scored, what, six games in a row, seven goals already. Um, I think they actually, they really missed him up front because yeah. they couldn't get a word in edgeways. Fulham, don't get me wrong, taking nothing away from Fulham. Fulham played really well. It will be really good. Pereira played excellent. They had a few good chances. I think Anana really kept Man United in this game. Yeah, I think there's like the, there's like 22 shots on the Man United goal this game. Mm -hmm. Like Fulham should not be having 22 shots against Manchester United. That's that's insane. I think it just but like we've kind of talked about this a bunch. Like Man U finally got caught doing this, where they played bad in so many games, they figured out ways to win or draw, and they finally yep. got caught just playing bad and losing. And it just hasn't yeah. happened enough. It hasn't happened enough for how bad they've looked. So definitely concerning. Well, yeah, it's also we mentioned Shaw uh, with the Shaw injury, but I think they're getting Miss Hojland a lot just because of the uh, constant pressure he puts up there, and it's a big yeah. body. Yeah, uh, they put. I think Rashford was the one who was playing up top, right? Who? Yeah. Different skill set. He does not do what. Uh, yeah, Hojland uh, does. Yeah, he just it, doesn't it look good up there. It was sort of playing up front, but they had that young kid. Um, Manu. No, not Manu. Manu played in the midfield, but they had that other young kid playing up there. Horsen. Uh, so they, yeah, Horsen. They were, they were, they were rotating him and Gennaro. Uh, that that just shows me that no faith is left in Anthony, because um, that was the first thing I thought when you said Hoyland was injured. I thought, Andy was switching to that right hand side, but it didn't happen. Yeah, that's absolutely insane that Anthony can't even get a start. Like they they start some child over Anthony, an yeah. eighteen year old. Yeah. No, seriously. I mean, he's literally a... yeah, serious. Yeah, it's rough. Rough out there for Anthony. Feel for him. But yeah, I mean, this is good for good for Awobi. Bastian Awobi, both they both came back from Afcon and scored goals. That's great for them. Yeah, he had a he had a rough game the last game, but it looked like he was back on it. That guy just doesn't stop running. Doesn't him and Pereira were really good, and they didn't have uh, weren't they missing somebody in the midfield? Um, Paulinho, Paulinho, there you go. So yeah. that just shows you Fulham's Man United's bogey team. So I'm not, I wasn't too surprised. I think yeah, you I called like, it too, didn't you? We talked about it, yeah. yeah, yeah. I feel like, um, I'm not like, like you know, like all the United fans are like doom and gloom, like end of the world, and this happens every time they lose. I they're, they're this is how it is going to be for them. I'm not like. I think they'll probably go on and win a few games after this. Like I don't, I don't think they're like absolutely atrocious, but yeah, they're just not good enough. That's for sure. They're not good enough for top four. No, that's for sure. All right, next up, uh, Burnley, another loss. Kind of feeling for them. I thought they did pretty well going down to ten men when they did and holding on for as long as they did. You know, but then it just once the once the floodgates opened, it was just it was done. Yes, yeah, done. They yeah. just, I just don't think. It's hard when you're that far down the bottom and the, the two above you are, are, are pretty much clear of you and they can easily lose a game or two and it not hurt them. 
that's it's got to be for the morale. And then you're not getting wins. It's going to suck. There's, those Burnley players are. Uh, I'm not going to pick up. Absolutely. And then I mean, and then it was just a bummer that that goal got disallowed for Fofana. On a personal yeah. level, because I thought I was being really smart and cute, and I picked him up and played him, and I thought I was like going to look like a genius there, and I reverted back just getting one point and pretty much being a dud. But on another level, just for Burnley, just for morale, just for Fofana himself, who's come in and looked really good, it would have been a nice thing for him to get a goal there. But so. but t- talk about what, like, a, you take over a team middle of the year, you're the new manager, and you look at the schedule, the first team you play is Burnley. <laughs> what a happy yeah. thing to see, right? For Palace, yeah, Glasser. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. He, um, I, I kind of mentioned earlier, but just keep keep an eye on some of these guys for, for Palace because you know new manager bump, and then also he might change some things. There might be some changes in how they like they kind of they, they played with a back five or you know like three four three if you will, and um so that might shift how they operate. Maybe some of those maybe those wing backs now for them might all of a sudden be super viable for the last next few games. So it's definitely worth looking at. So yeah, like Glasser does. Just real quick on that, uh, Keith. So I'm just going to read three defenders for Crystal Palace and how many points they had. Joel Ward, 11.25. Uh, Daniel Munoz, 17.5. Chris Richard, 23.25. All of those yeah. players are available. And yeah, Ross Richards obviously got lovely. the goal. I think Munoz is actually kind of interesting. Yeah. Because he's playing that right wing back position. Mitchell's a much more defensive defensive left back. But Munoz could be, he could be a very interesting guy on that right side. Colombian player in his prime, age twenty-seven. You know, I think I think there's definitely something there. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see once Eze gets back if they keep playing that sort of that way. I'm not sure if this is his style. Um, don't know too much about the manager, but as they coming back, you you're going to want to give him a little bit more free range. You know what I mean? So we'll see how it goes. But while he's out, he's out for another at least two more weeks. Uh, we're going to keep close eye on Crystal Palace. Oh, what's next? What game is next? What game is next? Brian. Yeah, that was kind of, we can kind of just gloss over that. It was a 1-1, Brighton Everton. You know, I kind of was rooting for Everton just to, for them to get some points, get out of the relegation zone a little bit. On a personal level, Pascal Gross continues to just be the guy. Like, yeah. unbelievable. This, the second, Doing this again at his age and the amount of points he's generating and also not really just fantasy points, but just like in general, like he's contributing every single game for Brighton. He's like, it's he's unbelievable. Is what he's doing. He was just unfortunate for uh, for Evan. They went to sleep last minute. It's their own fault. Absolutely. Who do they play next? Brighton plays Wolves next. So that should be actually a pretty fun game. Actually, that'll be kind of an interest, interesting one to watch and see yeah, how that similar, goes. Similar caliber teams. Wolves more on the, uh, they got the momentum at the moment. So we'll see. Yeah, but I think Brighton's still kind of missing. I think they're really missing Joe Pedro because I feel like uh, Wellback and Ferguson, they're just not quite clicking up top and uh um, yeah. and good news like and D- back and he you know he didn't have the greatest game but he looked solid and then um and CISO came on which is really exciting for them because he was a, he's a stud and so he'll yep. if he's back that's a big deal city scraped by with a 1-0 win uh phil foden got the goal phil foden continues a dominant season yeah and so you have a note here, City or Holland looked bootleg without KDB. So Holland looked like <laughs> Holland looked like Hoyland. Yeah, from early in the season. He just did he just didn't look like he could get away in edgeways, honestly. And honestly, I I don't know if it was because he wasn't getting the service, because he was getting some balls in, but they couldn't get the ball out of his feet. Um, I figure also, you know, without KDB, but even when he came on, Holland was already off the pitch. Uh, no Hooligan, he had Hooligan Alvarez to pass the ball to, and that was it, really. Um yeah, no KDB. I'm, I'm wondering why he's being rested so much. Are they really? I think he's really easing him in for the the end of the season. So uh, I think they actually want him for a final this year. So we'll see. Yeah, with muscle injuries to, you know, I think and if they have the personnel, it makes sense just to go really slow with his injuries, especially knowing how many games they have coming up. But uh, I mean, Holland was in for a really good chance pretty early that he missed wide right. So yep. I'm not, you know, no concerns, no concerns no, at all. No he got an assist there. I think I got You got to give a nod to Bournemouth. I thought they they made it really difficult for City. You know, we we talk about like you know City didn't play well, but Bournemouth played pretty darn well. I think and it was you know not that they deserved a point, but they definitely could have gotten something out of that game. They definitely looked yeah, good so, enough to, to hold, yeah. Solanke had hold had a few few good chances. Solanke was looking good, and I like Solanke. I think he's one of the top goal scorers in in the league at the moment. I think he's their main talisman, and if he scores, they got a good chance. Yeah, Semenyo looks good there too. I mean, it's a it's not a bad team. I think it's a very overlooked team. But yeah, they're they're city going marching on. 
And we kind of we covered this next game a little bit. Arsenal four, Newcastle one. Just kind of lackluster performance from Newcastle. That Havers goal we talked about. Saka, that was a pretty good goal. It was pretty good goal. Slowed into the the bottom left. Honestly, all the England players at the moment are are striking. Like, you know, as an England fan, I, I love it. Uh, whether it be in Spain or Germany or in England, I think if they carry on this form, like especially if Saka carries on this form, he's going to be key, key for Arsenal and key for England in the Euros. Is he officially world class? The thing is, it's like I think he's he's right there. He's close. Do I think he's he's there? In my opinion, I'm biased, so I, and I'm a Tottenham fan saying this, and I think Saka can twist up anyone he wants. I don't care what they say. Same move. It doesn't matter. Messi had the same move. That's the same thing. Cristiano Ronaldo has the same move, but it works every freaking time because of the execution. So I think if Saka keeps going and he does, he has a great Euros, it's going to be undeniable. I think he's like a trophy or a big performance away from being world-class, but he's right on yeah. the cusp. That's kind of how I feel. Like yeah. if, if Arsenal go on to win the league... On his back, or something happens, I think he's definitely there. He's right there. Is he their best player? Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. Who do you you think he's, do you not think he's the best player? Who do you think is Arsenal's best player as an Arsenal fan? uh, I'm not an Arsenal fan. Uh, Oh, okay. Sorry. I'm a big Odegaard fan because I feel like his vision and what he does for the team is very important. And because he doesn't get those big goals and, uh, you know, highlights, it just goes unnoticed for the comma fan. Uh, but Saka, I don't know, like how lethal is he, how clinical is he in front of goal? I think he's he has potential to be great, but I just don't think he's like top five player right now in the world or a top, you know, one of those elite players. He has the most goal contributions, right? Isn't he up there? Yep. Him and him and Salah are tied. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I mean, he has the most fantasy points for what it's worth. I mean, I know that doesn't mean that much, but and and I mean. Again, those are two players that probably have the ball at their feet more than probably anyone else in the league. And there's a yeah. reason for that, though, you know what I mean? Because the teams trust them, and, and these are the guys that create. You know what I mean? I know you just said top five, but being in that top five, that's hard to get into that top five. I think he's... That's elite. He, I think he's top five in the Premier League. Yeah, I'll give you that. But I think Tico was talking about the world, because you're going to talk world class. Yeah, but even top... You, top world class goes beyond top five. That's what I'm trying to say, but yeah. he was. I think Tigo's going by like you know those elite players. Yeah, that, yeah, like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like they, they, yeah. they're there. First team in the Prem to score two plus goals in seven consecutive halves. Is that? Can we fact check that? Is that real? Enzo? did you just make that, that is, up? No, I didn't make that up. Go fact check it. Tico, fact check it. This is a very specific fact to check. Let me see. I feel like that's like a Chat GPT question. No, nope. found it. I did that's my research. Impressive. That's pretty impressive for Arsenal. That's pretty amazing. I mean, in a half. I saw, so every half in the last seven halves that they played, so three games and a half, they've scored two plus or more goals. Oh, each half and every yeah. game. It's not even like they start off like first half they score two goals consecutively. Yeah, no. So first half they scored they scored two goals. Second half they scored two goals. So it started from Newcastle against Newcastle, and they scored three goals. And then the next half they scored two. Then the next half of that they scored two two plus more. They've been dominant, man. Here's here's another stat for you. Arsenal have scored half as many Premier League goals in February as Man United have all season. Fuck. Fuck. Yeah. Uh, yeah, as was right, Arsenal has become the first Premier League team in history to score two or more goals in seven consecutive games. I have my moments. All right, just I, moments. I wonder who it is outside of the Premier League. Pretty fascinating. Um, just touching briefly on this Wolves-Sheffield game, Wolves squeaked by with a 1-0 win. Sarabia, who we were talking about a few weeks ago, to, we say to pick him up. He got the goal. Sheffield mm-hmm. United looked pretty lifeless. I know Enzo and I both picked up Wolves defenders this week just because it was a short week, and that paid off pretty well. Pretty yeah. happy with that decision. Yeah, it worked out well, man. Took a gamble, and it worked. You got to gamble sometimes. Yeah. The, the last game of the week is on Monday, and it's West Ham United-Brentford. So this podcast will probably air after that game. But there's some there's some other thing here we don't really need to discuss. And then uh, top scorers in the league. <laughs> <laughs> What's I, don't really talk, I don't want to talk what, about what the League Cup final. There's, oh, we, yeah, we don't need to talk about it. Okay. Just, you know, it's not really relevant to uh, the Premier League podcast, you know? Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> you just say who won, though. Liverpool won 1-0. Liverpool won that teenagers. game one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they did. And you know what? Chelsea didn't take their chances. Chelsea looked better for a lot of it, and they didn't take their chances. That's what that's what happens, and Liverpool did. Outcoach. Yeah. That's that's the game. Yeah, probably outcoach. I actually, you're probably right, Tico. No, nah, Poch just... 
Hodge just can't win finals against Liverpool. Potts just can't win right. finals in general. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. I think I think Chelsea needed that more than Liverpool did. Liverpool is like vying for a few other bigger trophies. Chelsea, that's Chelsea, all Chelsea had for the rest of the year. So I think that's that's also another thing that made it sad. Yeah. And then the fact that, yeah, the fact that there are a bunch of teenagers playing and they still couldn't get a goal, just rough. But yeah, um, moving on, I wanted to just check in on the top scorers here. Enzo, you have this note. So, what, Holland is still the top scorer, even though he's missed a few months of the season with 17. Same with Salah. Missed, what, a full month? And then mm-hmm. some? And he has 15. Yep. Solanke, 14. Watkins, 14. Saka, 13. I mean, I think that's a testament to how above and beyond Holland and Salah are, right? That there's the joint two top scorers after missing oh, a month plus each. That's really a testament. Yeah. I think that's more of a testament to them than anything else. I agree, and I think it's also a testament because I didn't put anyone else after the top five, but if you look at them, there's a bunch of people with 10-plus goals. That's, in my, from my experience, is unheard of throughout the whole year. It just shows you how many goals are being scored in the Premiership this year. Yeah, it is wild. But also, there's like this isn't the whole story. Like I know uh, Watkins has like 11 assists or more. Something like that. Something crazy. So, I mean, there's there's more. To it. I think Sokka has quite a few assists too. So, there's definitely more to it than just... Just goals. Salah like, has a bunch of assists. Too, Salah does have knows. a bunch of assists. I think he has, yeah. But still, Halan well, too. He has like four. Yeah, it's not as many as those guys. It's yeah. not his strong point, is it? No. But yeah, but it's good to see Solanke up here. I mean, this is a this is a pretty elite list of players here, huh? Yeah. Of these five, who was the last one drafted? Solanke. Solanke, right? Had to be. So Had he was probably be. he's probably the best. He was the best deal out of these. Yeah. Had to be because Haaland was first. Haaland, Salah, and Watkins and Saka, they all had to be in the first round. They're all in the first. Watkins I, I, was walking in the second. Watkins no. was second. He, early was he second. second round? He was dropping early yeah. second. Yeah, yeah. Who, who picked him up? Oh, yeah, probably with the midfielders. But still. No. Yeah. Sergei, well, you have to remember Harry Kane went in the uh, second round as well. Uh, <laughs> Watkins went uh, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. Wow. That's but, really late. But to kind of put things in perspective, right before him, Hojdun went just because we have a Max United homer. So, um, but yeah. I think the I think the worst one from that was Martinelli and Rashford went to the first round. Yeah, those are those sting. Those really hurt. But hey, Rashford he got an assist this he got an assist this week. That was a plus. You mean Martinelli? Martinelli. Yeah, Martinelli, Martinelli got an assist this week. So yes, he did. That was something. No deflection. No deflection is a legitimate. It's just actually that he created that whole thing. I thought he did a really good job with that run. That was, you know, for Kai Havertz, yeah. Okay, moving on, waivers. So a lot of these names are actually names that have been on waivers in one way or another. There's just not a lot of fresh new names, I feel like, right now. No. But uh, the first one on here, Shadozi Ogbani, Ogbeni from Luton Town, still only owned in 50% of leagues. He's on, like, a total run right now he scored last week he scored the week prior he scored two the week prior i believe um even when luton's losing they keep scoring and they scored against they're scoring against good teams yeah so i think he needs to be drafted in every league or he needs to be picked up in every league absolute shame that he's not owned in more right now for what the well, way got, he's been contributing you gotta look at this game week two where it was four teams that won in it so a lot of players got dropped not not the top players but like Ogbené if you had him on the bench and you needed someone to replace someone else on the on the starting lineup you might have dropped him so keep out for those uh those sweet pickups yeah that's a really good point Enzo there might be some really nice players that you can some value that you can pick up on waivers for people that were forced to drop and then are scrambling to pick up it's a really good yep. point another name on here that I'm I think is a really good pickup. It's Marcos Senesi. Bournemouth owned in 40% of leagues. He's looked good. He's been very up and down. Like a few weeks ago, we told you to pick him up and he had a really good game. Then the, the game, the next game, he went negative. But his next two games are against Burnley and Sheffield. So if there's yeah. ever a time to play, you, you can start him and play him for two weeks back to back. It's now. And that's, I think he's a very, very strong pickup. Probably one of the top waiver, waiver pickups, I think, this week. For that reason, I agree. You can get some clean, at least one clean sheet yeah. bonus in one of those games. Absolutely, at least. especially the way they, how good they looked against, how good Bournemouth looked against City. You know, I've had him in the, our other league for a while, and he's been pretty consistent. He's been pretty good. Yeah, 
yeah, up and down a little bit, but he has he's he's had some big performances this year. So I'm kind of he's definitely someone I'm like very much keeping an eye on. The other next name on here, Malo Gusto, Chelsea, owned at fifty percent. Um, I've talked about him a lot, but he's just become a really key player at Chelsea, and even. And I think a lot of people are really hesitant because they see him as like a backup for if Reece James comes back. But even when he does come back, Gusko's been playing left backs then too, and Chilwell's not looked great. So I, I could even see when Reece James come back, I could see Gusto going over the left some and filling in for Chilwell. So I think he's viable the rest of the season, either way. Yeah, and, well, look, look at today in the League Cup final. Um, he played on the right, started off, and then he went on the left when, yeah. uh, when Chilwell got one. I think yeah. Gustav played amazing. I think he played great against Man City. I think he played well against Liverpool today. I think he just needs to get that ball down the line a little bit more. I think he's a good attacking threat and defensively he's pretty sound. Um, yeah, he, I think he, he was pretty locked down today defensively. Yeah. Um, I picked him up in one of my leagues hoping he can, uh, Chelsea can uh, get out there right and get some wins and get some clean sheets. I mean, he's getting at least like, he's probably averaging close to like two key passes a game. You know, he's definitely, he's he's getting up and down the field enough too. And like with the defensive element, and if Chelsea starts to kind of lock down that, I think he's, I, I, he's also someone I think should be rostered a lot more leagues than 50%. Yeah, I agree. Uh, another name on here, midfielder. Uh, I can't even pronounce this guy's first name, but. Buenanote. Buenanote. How do you pronounce the first, his first name, Enzo? Facundo. Facundo Buenanote for Brighton, owned in 35% of leagues. Um, It'll be interesting with Enciso coming back, but. I think his last three in three of his last four, he's gone double digit. So I think he's just worth having. I, again, he's someone I don't get how he's only owned in thirty five percent, thirty five percent of leagues. Just with with how they with how he's been playing and the position he plays in, he plays in a very attacking role for Brighton when he plays. And as a midfielder, that's what you want. You don't want like a holding midfielder. Obviously, you want this like attacking forward footed player like Bonanote. So very good one that should be picked up in all leagues. And then honorable mentions. Um, the biggest one here, he's owned in 55%, so he doesn't quite qualify, but as in CISA for Brighton too. I think that he's like a superstar in the making potentially. He's so good. He's so young. He came on for he came on for Brighton versus Everton at the end, and he looked pretty sharp, all things considered. And it might take a game or two, but I think he could be like like a league winner in the back half of the season for people. Just good based plan. on how we did last year and good how plan. important he is to Roberto Zerbi. Couple other names on here. I just want to shout out. Uh, Malpe is only owned in forty six percent of leagues. I think he's kind of taking that position from Wissa until further notice. So mm -hmm. worth noting. Uh, Van Hecke from Brighton too. He's Roberto uh, Zerbi the other day considered called him his most creative player, which is really wild considering he's a center defender. And that might have just been Zerbi gassing him up, but I think he's a really great got great player. He's he's he has a few key passes every game too. He has a few like in involvement, so he is stepping up. And making big plays. Um, out Nori from Wolves, the left back. Enzo, I know you picked him up, up in one of our leagues. I did in, in another. Uh, he had an assist this week or this mm -hmm. morning. An assist yep. this week. Uh, he looks good. I think he's just a good attacking player. And if Wolves continue to be good, he's going to really benefit from that and get high up the field. Kiwior from Arsenal, another one. Got a goal this week, but. The only concern there is he's under forty two percent of leagues. The only concern there is Zinchenko and Tomiyasu are coming back healthy, so we don't know for sure if he's gonna keep that starting spot. But I think he's definitely it seems like he's done enough recently. I, if I was if I was Arteta, I wouldn't change much. No, I like who you're. Um, he plays well down the left. I, I wouldn't replace him with Zinchenko. Um, I think Zinchenko has his qualities, obviously, but Kiwiyo, I think he's is playing more of what Arsenal needs from him with that uh, left back role. Tommy Asu, on the other hand, yeah, um, he might come back, but what Ben White's playing right back at the moment, I don't, I don't think he takes over Ben White. He's, he's just a backup. I, I don't think uh, they should. Arsenal should make any changes to their lineups unless there's uh, they're having games midweek. Uh, but like we talked about, they're on a scoring speed that's never we've never seen before in the APL. So why mess with it? I would just kind of write the hot streak until um, until someone beats them. Agreed. Yeah, I agree. The last name on here is that what Tika brought up, Munoz from Palace. He's kind of, if Gloucester kind of plays in this wingback system, we haven't really seen a, a, a wingback system team that's been really attacking and good for a while in the Premier League. It's been a, it's been over a year, huh? That style's kind of gone out a little bit. So mm -hmm. it'll be interesting to see if Gloucester continues with that. And if that's the case, that there were a lot of points to be had from wingback players back in the day. So I think that could be a very interesting 
interesting pickup. Definitely something to keep an eye on. It's maybe a little early. I kind of want. I kind of need to see him do it a little more than just once against Burnley. You know, like once against Burnley isn't super convincing. But he's definitely. I think he's someone to keep your eyes on. Wait, what was that? What was that look, Tico? Oh no, no, I'm. I'm sorry. I'm. Uh, I have the Real Madrid game on. Sorry, and I just <laughs> something something ridiculous just happened. Is it? What, what was it? Is it worth even talking about? Or is it not even worth talking about? Absolutely not. No. Oh yeah. That's stupid. <laughs> oh yeah. Got it. Sorry. No, you're fine. I just saw your. I, love- I just saw. I was just saw your face and do something crazy, and I was like, oh, what did I, I just say? And I no, love your really? commitment to the pod, mate. Just paying a hundred percent attention to it. I appreciate. That's fair. It. If Chelsea was playing right now, I'd have that game on. That's fair. If Chelsea was playing right now, we wouldn't be doing this pod. I was going to say is, exactly the same thing. True. We wouldn't be doing that pod. Yeah, you're right. I, if, yeah. If Tottenham was playing, I wouldn't be doing this pod right now. Yeah. Man, I gotta say, uh, during that game when it came down to the second half today, I was like, I was not enjoying. What like watching your team play is unenjoyable when it's at like high pressure. I, it was like not fun. That was not yeah, fun. Liverpool didn't stop fucking running, man. That pressure they put. I, I told you in the chat room, they just have to get the ball out of their feet and move it quicker. Make them if they're gonna run, let them run. But they have you have to make it difficult. They figured it out. They, the first twenty minutes were really bad for Chelsea, and then I thought they kind of had the better of Liverpool for a lot the rest of the game. Pretty much after right. that Graven Bridge injury. So, speaking but, of the, top, yeah. let me ask you guys a question. This question is probably directed more towards uh, Keith than Enzo. When your team's playing in a championship game, do you want it to be like a close game, or you want them to like score like three <laughs> goals straight from the get go and like cruise the rest of the way in a championship game? Uh, yeah, in the finals. Oh, uh, three! Final. I thought you. I thought three you were making a joke about that's getting relegated. <laughs> so no, no, three, three goals, and you cruise. Why would you want to be stressing out the whole yeah, game? Yeah, I'd never want to be stressing out. Uh, because it becomes kind of like boring, like from early on. It's it's not boring when you're winning, man. It's not boring. I, how, would I know, Enzo, how would you I know? How would you know? In my lifetime, we've won the Worthing Cup. It's now the Carabao Cup. Okay, I've seen us win something. Okay. Okay, let's move on, guys, awesome. before we get too petty here. Games next week. Are there any games next week that are really standing out to you guys? City United, the derby, obviously. That's, that's the big one, the derby. Is it? Does United have any chance? Is there any? What what what, what percentage chance would you give United? I think I'd give them like 8%. Mm. Is that being generous? I was going to say like 10%. You think 10? Yeah. yeah. With no just because, Yeah, but just the way they've been playing this the whole year and... Holland hasn't been as clinical, so I feel like there's a good chance it might be just like one of those like ugly, ugly games where United manages a draw, not yeah. even a win, just a draw. Yeah, it's possible. How many does Arsenal put in against Sheffield United? Oh my god! Oh my god! It's gonna That's be gonna a be fucking it. bloodbath. I do you think? Do you think they're aware of their like consecutive goal streak and they're trying to extend it to two more halves? <laughs> I mean, I think it's going to be just a brutal game. That's that's going to be really tough. I think there's a few that are going to be a little bit tough. Like Liverpool Forest could get really could get really bad. I think Brighton Fulham is going to be a good game. I think that's a really interesting game. I agree. I think Newcastle Wolves is really interesting. I also think Tottenham Crystal Palace with Glasner in there. I think that could be. <sighs> this is not a good time to be playing Crystal Palace with the new manager no, coming not. in because people no, just don't have not. note. People don't have notes on this guy. There's many notes, and they don't know what he's going to be doing. And sometimes they can kind of catch people unaware. With what they want to do, has some Villa versus Luton too, man. Yeah, I don't think I'm not I'm not confident about that Tottenham Chelsea Crystal Palace game. Crystal Palace always seems to get one up on on Tottenham, from my memory. So it's going to be interesting. But Villa Luton, I can see Douglas Luiz having his way with that midfield. I know Barkley's been playing well, but Douglas Luiz just pulls his strings over there. Actually, a lot of um, interesting matchups. Even like the bottom tables, the, just the way they're lined up, I feel like it's going to be good games. Yeah, Everton West Ham kind of they're they're both kind of teams that have been slumping a bit. So that's mm-hmm. another interesting one. I Chelsea think, Brentford, that's not an easy game for Chelsea. No, it's not easy, especially coming off the emotional kind of low of Let losing the final. They have to play lead and they're playing Leeds midweek too in the FA Cup. So and they you know, that's a lot of that's a lot of game to, you know, a lot of soccer to be playing. Play yeah, Leeds just Leeds just won in the week too. Yeah. So play one twenty on Sunday, play ninety on Wednesday, and then play again on Saturday. That's a lot. Um, I also just, I kind of talked about Senesi, but I think Bournemouth versus Burnley is going to get ugly too. I think especially after the frustration Bournemouth just had against a city team where they, I thought they played really well and didn't get any points. I think they're going to be hungry to just spank Burnley. Oh, anything else to discuss guys? Uh, there's only, there's only 12 more games left in the season for most teams. Do you guys want to see, uh, Luton Town go back down or you guys want to see him in the premier next year again? 
shit, man. I think it, just cause just cause Evan got that ten point point deduction. I know they were close to getting relegated last year, but yeah, I want to see Everton say that. I kind of want to see Luton go down just because I made a prediction in the beginning of the season that they were going to go three. down. I said three up, three down. Yeah, that's so what I just, said too. Just to, just to be selfish and say to my prediction, <laughs> they are fun to watch, but they've been know, exciting. They've they been a been good surprise. Exciting. Yeah, yeah. My top six produ- uh, prediction was pretty good too, except for uh, Tottenham being in there. <laughs> <laughs> you thought Arsenal was not going to finish top four? Yeah, I thought they were going to come fifth. That didn't happen, or maybe no, that's you never not know. No, that's not happening. But, but then again, uh, Keith and I thought Chelsea would finish top four. I kind of just said that. I was I was wishful thinking. I, I'm not sure how much I even really believe that myself. <laughs> I sure, yeah. I can't believe Tottenham's in fifth right now. We're only five points behind fourth with a game in hand, so you never know. Like I said, we got 13 games left. Most teams got 12. Uh, there's mean, a lot of lot of football to be played. A lot of football to be played. And this game this game is so fickle in that in the sense that if you get hot, you're going to run. You never know what can happen. Same thing with a slump. You know, you just got to so. win four games in a row. Four or five yeah. games in a row, you're good. Yeah, there's so much um, flexibility. Like, there's so much like things that can change in this. Like, you know, look at the teams that we dropped to the teams we have now in all our fan- yeah. in our fantasy leagues. It's just so much shifts, so much changes. Mm-hmm. It's so, it's crazy. Keith, I was because you know I pulled it up. I was looking at it. So these are I'm just gonna go your players by round by round and tell me when that player is still on your team. All right. Bruno uh, Fernandez, not on my team. Gapko, <laughs> not on my uh, not on my team. Grealish, not on my team. Eze, not on my team. Chilwell, I did draft Chilwell. You did. <laughs> not on my team. On the fifth round, uh, um, who's, who's this? Brad and Bruno. Uh, yeah, on my team on my bench, but injured. Injured. Diaby. I'm on my bench because he's not playing. Okay, so on the sixth and seventh round is when you have players on your on your team. That's probably not normal though. Can you get do mine? All right. Uh, well, let's see. What's your team name now? Okay, Mo Salah. No, yours is boring. Madison. You have Matters on your team. I do have Matters on my Round team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then McAllister, Gibbs, White, Estupian, Nico Jackson, Callum Wilson, Guardiola, Ruben Diaz, Ramsey, Torres, Martinez, Billing. Yeah. That's None crazy. Yeah, we're we're a yeah. little crazy though. I don't I don't think we're the norm. <laughs> yeah. Well, I we also wheel and deal. there was a lot of trades going on, and then obviously a lot of plays we had to drop because they just didn't play well or they yeah. got injured. I cannot believe I drafted Cody Gakpo in the second round. Did I really do that? Uh, yeah, but he wasn't like he, I don't think he, that was a he terrible looked good. Thing. He looked good at the end of last season. That's why I did That's it. That's exactly but, what I'm saying. Like now after seeing this year, holy shit! Terrible. Okay, last thing I want to talk about before we end the pod is defenders. In the sense that I feel like I, without looking at who are the top defenders and don't don't look right now, I was very skewed with who I thought were the best defenders in the league up to now. Like obviously the top one is Kieran Trippier. We all know that. You know, just points yeah. wise, whatever. Can you guys do you guys know who's number two is? Tico Jody look? I no, I didn't look. I wanted to, but I didn't look. So Do you guys know who the uh, number two po- point defender is? Are we looking at total? Total, total point score. Total points. Anderson. Anderson. No. So I don't think it's Trent because he hasn't played enough games. No, he's been no. injured. Yeah. Uh, Pedro Poro? No, but not a bad Gabriel. Game. No, I'm going to tell you guys. James Tarkowski from Everton. Is a, Shut the Has the second door. most points. Yeah, it's crazy. And then, like, I just... Well, like, you know it, what? Anthony Robinson is six, which is someone who I wouldn't think of as super high up there. I just... What, I, well, I'm, what I'm getting at kind of is that I feel like there's some defenders that are undervalued based on the teams they play for. Mm-hmm. That, there's definitely mm-hmm. some. There's. I think I would look at some like maybe not go off fantasy points, maybe go off fantasy points per game. So I think there's a lot of names where people see a big name and they pick them up, like a Rafael Veron or something. And big name just, bias. Yeah, totally. There's. I think there's big name bias. Is there's just nowhere. It's like the most prevalent prevalent in defenders. You know. But. So we like we talked about Ben White, right? He's the ninth highest total points, but per game he's only averaging seven point thirty one. But it just uh, shows consistency, though, don't it? N- yeah, no, but, no, to but, me, but around that position, around ninth, that's kind of the norm. You know what I mean? Like seven point for that position. For that, like, in, like the tenth guy is seven point eight six. You know, the eighth guy is seven point three one as well. So it's not like that is that's that is kind of right on with yeah. 
So there's yeah. only five defenders averaging in over ten Something. points a game. Yeah. Well, put Trent six. It's it's honestly it's pretty crazy. So it, uh, for me, uh, let's say looking forward to next year's draft. If I don't have one of these top five guys, I'm not spending uh, drafting defender in like the first four or five rounds. It's no. so mercurial. Like who who is going to be good in, in the defense world? Like last year, Lewis Dunk was like the best defender in the league, or you know, a top defender. You know, and like every year it just it changes. So it's so hard to. I think that's other than that top top tier. You know, the Trippier, Trent, maybe Pedro Porra now. It's so hard to guess that. Even like Estupion. Like remember, like he, remember how how early he was going in drafts, and he's not even doesn't even touch the top ten. I know there's injuries. I know there's other things, but when you look at it, like there's a lot of names that just that there's a lot of turnover in defenders. There's a lot of this unpredictability. So I uh, I, I totally agree with you, Tico. I think I think. Our defensive strategy is pretty much just like if you don't get if you don't get a top guy, don't sweat it because you just you don't know. It's too hard. It's so hard to predict. So the only player that's in the top five this year and last year are Trippier, who last year he was a monster, averaging fourteen point eight points, and James Tarkovsky, who was last year averaging eight point five one. And I think for him that was just playing every single game. But yeah, when you look at it last year, it's just. Share who was under 9.94 points per game, and this year he fell off. He's averaging like five or six points a game, which shows you like year over year, it just doesn't carry over. Did yeah. you see who's the best goalkeeper? Is it uh, your guy? Um, we sorry? Onana. Onana with 200 fan points. Jordan Pickford is second. My guy is in, is, he's in seventh. Freaking Edison is 13th but he's he's like last few games he's been better but yeah, yeah. so I, I think that i think goalies to a lesser extent is this is the case but but yeah just something to think about with defenders especially with you know not the next season's coming up but more just like with waivers and stuff i think there's some names on the waivers like i the, i picked up craig dawson off waivers and he's the 16th ranked defender like that that shouldn't be the case the 16th ranked defender in the league shouldn't be on, shouldn't be on rosters now yeah, shouldn't be anyone top twenty should be picked up. Oh yeah, with a top forty, everyone has to start yeah. at least three. Top sixty, well, but just... it's every every position. Like right now, the fifth best goalkeeper is available. The yep. eighth best goalkeeper is available, and we're a ten ten team lead. All right, is there anything else we want to talk about? Or is that kind of it for us today, guys? Well, you don't want to talk about you two's trade. You made a trade, baby. Oh, uh, we did do a trade this week, Tico. You look sad. You look sad about it. How was that trade, Nico? So the trade was before we talk about it, before, maybe we go to I it was it's it had some it somewhat had to do with matchups. Like I was gonna have to drop someone that was pretty good and I just wanted to I wanted to get a top tier um a forward and I had a lot of midfielders. And so I knew I, I know that I was giving up more to Tico than probably the value would dictate, but I think just with my team, it made sense to do it. So I traded James Ward-Prowse and Richarlison for Solanke. Honestly, when I saw this trade, I could not click accept fast enough. Yeah, you couldn't say no. I, I, I made that trade knowing that you couldn't say no. Look at the forwards that I have on my team. I have Nunes, who essentially a must-start. I have Hojlund, who is on fire. I've been playing nonstop. And I have uh, Awani from Forest, who's been pretty good since he came back from his injury. Yeah, yeah. So those are three forwards that are good. And then I had Solanke. And then the trade, I also got Richarlison. So I I have a plethora of forwards that I could kind of play the matchups or see who's getting the more minutes or who's more in the, the shape. So, And on top of that, I get a midfielder, which I was not really that strong in the in, in the middle. Yeah, I think I think that I made I made that offer just because I needed to, I really wanted to strengthen that position and I have really good midfielders and so the difference between like you know my, some like draw obviously losing James Ward-Prowse is big but my other midfielders I have it's like it's not as huge of a drop off and the upgrade from Richarlison to Solanke is so big that for me I thought it was there was value in that even though on paper it looks like not a great trade like if you know like if you were like a who wins this trade. Like in a vacuum, you definitely. I I know that. Like I made the trade knowing that you are better, but I think for my team, I needed, I needed to get like an ace striker on the team to try and make a push to, to win it this year. You know, I needed to make that trade. So honestly, man, you not you don't have any problems scoring anyway. So it wasn't you weren't taking that big of a hit. Yeah, but I just had I had good players on my benches, and I wanted to I wanted to maximize the players I could play because every week I I was having to decide midfielders to bench that were really good, and I was having I like to you know. 
Your team's oh. pretty nasty, Keith. Yeah, this league, but I just can't win. I keep, I, I have the, I have like, I have the highest scoring team by over 100 points. I just, I can't buy wins. It's infuriating. So I just need to make some changes. So we'll see what happens. That was, that was that trade. That's the breakdown of that. Anything else, guys? That is it. I just realized I forgot to set up the lineup on this, but Nadmo Salah has nine and a half points. I know. It's sad. <laughs> It's not a good week. It's not a good week for some teams, and, no. and it's not like and it's not like he's getting like blown out. He still has a chance of winning because he has players playing tomorrow. Yeah, and the person is playing it only a seventeen. I know it's a rough week. It's a really rough week for some people. The fairies league is just as bad. With uh, uh, was it your Desi? My Desi is you, doggy, and Gope is nineteen ten. Yeah, the, there's there's some Gope really, has two more guys to go. This is what happens when four teams don't play. There's there's some people that refuse to drop players and they get they get well, absolutely that's, that's, screwed. I think that was it too, especially with uh, my Desi's U doggy. He, he has a bunch of Tottenham players, and I think he, he had a couple screwed. of Luton players. He was already screwed. Yeah, Keith, do we? Is there like a spot for IR? I think no? we can we can build that into the fan track system if we wanted to, but that would just mean there's more players off waivers. So I don't know how we feel about that. That's something we can discuss in the off season for sure. But all right, guys, let's wrap this up. This was episode 29 of Dropped Off Sides. My name is Keith. I'm with Tico and Enzo. We will see you guys next week. Good luck out there. All right, catch you guys later. See you, boys.